It is, in fact, Cinco de Mayo, and uh, we come at you from our uh, various uh, ports of call uh, here on the 5th of May, and uh, Mike, are you uh, fully invested in Cinco de Mayo? You have a libation in front of you? No, I do not, but uh, I need to to get uh, all that worked out before tonight. Do you like tequila? I do like tequila. I yeah. like. Uh, I but like... do you love tequila? That's the question. Nah, there's others that are better. Yeah, this will be a big, uh, big day for former Stars captain Brendan Morrow and and his faction. I guess Brett Hall, I think, is part of that too, with the uh, tequila family. <laughs> Cody Go. It's yeah. interesting how many hockey players get into the uh, alcohol game once their well, career's over. They always, they always tell us when we're playing, you know, after you're done in business, get into something that you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Totsi? Uh, of course, this is, this is just crushing your soul, isn't it, that you can't go out and mingle and just drown in margaritas today? This will be the least invested I've ever been in the holiday. Aww, what do you have planned? Nothing, nothing at all. I think I'm going to cook some chicken enchiladas, and that's about it. I, wow. But the past couple of years, I have historically very much enjoyed this holiday. Man, COVID won. Jeff Totes, no score. <laughs> uh, Totsy, are you learning to cook? Uh, I'm that was one well, of the goals, but he it's, said it's he's going to boil chicken today, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. It's, it's a struggle. It's not it's All not right. going well. Hey, by the way, I, I posted it yesterday, and this will be after the fact. But those uh, those jerseys uh, with the uh, Mexican flavor, a little Latino flavor to them, uh, that we were uh, going to have happen that didn't happen man they look magnificent though don't they yeah this this organization does a good job of all oh. of all of that stuff yes unfortunately they won't be draped on the players but uh people can go to i think the hangar.com is that where it is yeah and get them they look awesome be a good you know this won't be posted until after the fact but uh after the fact if there's still some available go get them <laughs> yeah you can buy them up yeah. on ebay after uh, people are trying to resell them. all right here we go. Uh, Rinky Dinking 54, I believe. The Sanko oh, de Mayo uh, edition. 53, actually. It was off by one. Your oh, really? Last week. Yes. It, uh, today's 53. We've been fake news. I meant <laughs> well, to give you that uh, correction ahead of time. All right. Well, undelay. Here we go. The uh, I'm going to start with this. The the hockey rink is 200 by 85, right? That That's the dimensions of a rink. Surrounded by 40 inches of boards, 40-inch tall boards, and atop the boards, between five and eight feet of safety glass is attached. Why do I give you this, uh, the schematics, as they say, uh, for Hockey Arena? Well, I was thinking about this. Is is the silica-based environmental interface of a hockey rink, which is an extreme impediment to our broadcast, etc., sometimes views, but is it somehow a safety advantage 
for hockey fans and hockey players versus the open air engagement of a b ball and football and baseball and soccer etc cetera, etc cetera. it's a ppe that's been in place since a change from chain link and and chicken wire and i played in plenty of rinks that had chicken wire for uh you know, pseudo glass above the boards. But I, I, I was thinking of that, like it, 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 it's a pretty good, it's, is it an advantage? It's a pretty good deal in this world. Is it not? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think there's, a, a, it's interesting that when you bring athletes into this, you worry about their interaction with each other, but you're going to have that in the locker room anyway, so you've got to control all that. So then the big question is the interaction between the fans and the athletes, and, and hockey has a great advantage, I think. Yeah. You know, is your mind blown by this premise that I just dropped on you this morning? I have video of you measuring glass uh, to see the safety angle of how pucks are rimmed in and how you can protect the fans. So no. Uh, it's blown a little bit, but I know this is how your brain works. Yeah. Fans fans here, players and coaches there. And, again, the silica-based environmental interface in between. That's the interface. That's the PPE. And the quality of the glass now is so much better than it was even 10 or 15 years ago that oh my it God. really is a protective shield. Like, how, how did the the players union not go more berserk over that tempered glass that was put in. That was basically just all it, it was, it separated shoulders and gave concussions. Now it looked, it looked great, right? Like it was, it, it was a nice seamless glass look. Uh, I hated the noise the puck made off of it. Uh, it. It wasn't as pleasing to my, ear canal as as plexiglass is um and then finally they realized you know this stuff's as hard as concrete maybe we should do something different <laughs> wow how like there's two things that i i find bizarre from just recent history as far as safety player safety is concerned one was when they brought in the the football shoulder pads donzi i think was the company and everybody started wearing these these uh donzi uh, shoulder pads and they made elbow pads. I mean, they were weapons. They were, they were not protection. They were weapons. And then uh, wrapped around every rink was this glass and, and one, it was thick tempered glass. It looked, it looked really good when nothing was going on. Sounded terrible, had no give to it whatsoever. And if you hit it in the right spot with a puck, it just shattered. It was so funny, the old, the old arena just was so much better. Well, I just remember the players talking about, you know, being able to go into the reunion arena plexiglass and to take a hit, and they, they would strategize when they were going after puck that they knew they were going to hit the glass, and so they would kind of almost leap into it because it gave so much and, and uh, protected them. Yeah, it was, it was WWE. You could come, yeah. off the, come off the ropes, come off the turnbuckle. Yeah, and, and they loved uh, it. Yeah, and and that was the whole idea. Like, I remember when they built uh, American Airlines Center, and Bob Gainey had input into the boards, and there were a couple of things. There were probably way more than this, but a couple of things I remember were he wanted the top of the boards where the the boards meet the glass. He wanted that to be uh, curved, 
the the edge almost every arena prior to that it was like a sharp right angle and guys would just get split wide open when their cheeks uh would get rammed into that area like it was just an injury waiting to happen simple thing just round it off right a bull's nose i believe we call that in yes, the uh, in the construction uh, business construction or the interior decorator world yes. Uh, and then the other was the there's a system with those boards where they they actually give they're on they were on springs uh, above that uh, the kick plate at the bottom the the yellow dasher and uh, and you know just again looking out for the players first and foremost and as you mentioned Mike you're right like there's that old uh, music video uh, Rocky like a hurricane where they, they have a was it a jail I think it was right. The jail set up in that I can't one. Remember that one? Yeah, and uh, Rocky and and essentially it just you know whips back and forth. There's big give to it. It looks like a perfect hockey arena where you just and there were look. I'm a goaltender. I didn't have to deal with it, but the guys would talk about. I mean, there were certain buildings that were hitting buildings, and there were certain buildings where it was like you know maybe we want to play a little more of a finesse game tonight, yeah. <laughs> just for self preservation. So anyway. Anywho, uh, so this dra- this whole NHL draft thing and its timing, sheesh, huh? Whew. Yeah, I would wait till the season's over because I just don't – it's not like you're going to rush these kids. I mean, maybe five of them into next season. And then even, even the way they, they're talking now, I think they would still have time to rush them into next season if they had to. But I don't know. It just, it just seems odd to try and have a draft in June when your season's not even over. Yeah, well, that's what they're they're uh, they're discussing, and it's uh, and it's over multiple days, right? Trying to figure out what the right thing is, and yeah, you understood what the the main issue was, right? And I get that. Yeah, you, you don't want you don't want a team winning the the lottery and and picking first overall and winning your Stanley Cup too. Yeah, <laughs> and that could essentially that could have happened in in some manner the way that they're talking about expanding the pool for the playoffs and having this before they actually come back and resume the season i i mean it's an ice cream headache just trying to think about it um i I do like the fact that they could be doing a um virtual draft or whatever like the nfl did because i do think that most of the other leagues you have your draft room you know in your city and they won't be able to do that just because they don't want everybody together there. But the the point of not having all the teams at one place, um, I don't mind that. I think it could could actually work well for the for the local teams for the for the uh, having the scouts and, and everybody in a, a room in Frisco, and then also I think for you know media to help maybe get a little more publicity for the draft in Sun Belt states. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's there, there's no debate as to how the draft's going to unfold, is there? No. Like it, no, but it, I'm just kind of going forward after this. Yeah. So the draft was supposed to be in Montreal this year, where it's hard to believe, but back when I got drafted in, in like, 84, and around that time and prior to – every draft was in Montreal. Yeah. Like, it didn't move around. It was in Montreal every year. I didn't go. Guys didn't go back then. I mean, your, your agent – didn't fly you out there. Um, it was basically it was the top guys, and that was it. 
so it's changed over the years. But the uh, due to COVID, no draft in Montreal. And how about this? I'm I'm for every event the league puts on, including the draft, being in Vegas going forward. It's an interesting theory. Now, is it ruined because there's an actual franchise in Vegas now or not? It, they would definitely get an advantage from it, obviously. Um, but they seem to be doing pretty well without, well, what would without the, the NHL's be, help. What would the draft advantage be for them? Uh, the way that it was uh, described to me when they had it here was the draft increased the uh, visibility of hockey in Dallas and helped people get oh, more okay. excited yeah, about Yeah, no, hockey. no. Yeah, you're probably right. You're, I, I'd like to know the actual numbers on that, though. Yeah, I, I really would. I, I mean, at the time, and it, it was a you know, it's a uh, the league comes in and runs the whole thing, though. Right. It's like the Winter Classic. Like, yep. our people did phenomenal work uh, up to the point of getting it, and then you almost have to just you know release your child into the wild, <laughs> and the NHL has at it. And they they run the entirety of it. Uh, the draft, yeah, I think it's a nice thing having it in your in your backyard and it rotates around through the league, or at least it has been. Has everyone had it? Um, that's a good question. I don't Are we that far into it? We probably have. I will so? say this. When they had the All-Star game here, they were very proud of the fact that all the players got to see – a lot of the Eastern players got to see Dallas. I think Sidney Crosby was here for nine or ten days because of the way the schedule worked. And yeah. You know, a, a lot of this is the exposure of your city to the league and to kind of show off and say, look how cool we are and look at the, the good things yeah. we're doing. And so yeah. I think that's been that's been a good thing with the draft and the All-Star game. And, you know, and then obviously, you know, yeah. the Stanley Cup final, that, that helps a great deal. Well, here, so right now the, the draft moves around, the All-Star game moves around. The league meetings are usually in New York. Or in Florida, right? Yeah. Like it's always out there. Like the Board of Governor meetings never move around, do they? Uh, that's a or good do question. They? I think they, well, I don't, I don't know I what they're all the GM done. meetings or the Board of Governor meetings. Because yeah, I, I think I've, for the most part, they've always, they've always put those in the East. Well, I've seen uh, reports from Palm Springs and stuff, but that's probably the GM meetings more. Oh, really? I, yeah. Well, that's how much I follow this. Yeah. Stuff, all of it. But let, let's just think of this, though. What if they put – certainly the All-Star – I don't think the All-Star game needs to move around. Now, if you put it in Vegas every year, does that fall into the same thing you're talking about where the Vegas Golden Knights reap the benefits of this thing being there? I would think after a while the the local – advantage of this would get a little bit jaded um but it would be a destination thing i look at it the same i don't know most other things all want to do it in a place where there's a lot of stuff going on outside of the actual meetings or the the event do they not yeah, and I think there's a, especially with the All-Star, there's a, an appeal to giving the players a place they want to go to. Yeah. I think that's one yeah. of the reasons the award show is there every year. Now, uh, but as I say that, the the Pro Bowls mothballed the idea of going to Hawaii every year, have they not? Yeah, and I think some of that was the timing of the playoffs and trying oh, to get football it? players yeah. to be excited after the season is over. Yeah, I like this. We're really workshopping this today. We are. We're doing a good job. So, here. but you can, 
you could bring the draft there, right? Yes. Because along with the draft, do they not have meetings along with that? Are the yes. what meetings are are uh, combined with the NHL draft? The GMs will meet, and then uh, uh, I know the media has their annual meeting at the draft. No, we um, don't. Um, we do. You're, you're, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. The, right, the written York. media. Oh, that. Well, that. Those are dinosaurs. The, yeah, we don't have anymore. We kind of are dinosaurs. Yeah. Where does um, the social media meetings go? Yeah. It's online. It's online. It's in virtual <laughs> Vegas. It's a video uh, Zoom meeting. So you have the draft. You have the All Star game. You have your league meetings. You have your marketing meetings. You have your broadcast meetings. Heck, play the Stanley Cup final there every year. <laughs> Bring the they two could, teams into Vegas. They could certainly do it this year. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like National Finals Rodeo, right? They go around. Yeah. They're, in, they're at the Stampede in Calgary. They're in Cheyenne. They're down in Houston. But the National Finals are in Vegas. It's pretty smart. And then it just turns into a it, – it's like a – it's a carnival, right? It'd be. Fun. I will say it would be fun. I mean, I to, you'd get people excited about going to these events. Not that I, they I, aren't already. As we worked our way through this, I, I'm leaning more toward your feeling because the Golden Knights are there now. It doesn't. Isn't that weird? It doesn't work as well because hockey's there, right? But you, you needed a venue, and you know, T-Mobile out there is a great, uh, yeah. a great arena. But, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe it doesn't work as well as I had in my head. And, well, the and, biggest problem is I think all these teams are like brothers, and they, they, yeah. they want things to be fair. And That's so then true. if somebody gets something, you know, he got two scoops of ice cream and I only got one. Mm. 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 Speaking of things in my head, or your head, or players' heads, um, the Mike Heike Circa Dallas Morning <laughs> News, did I read that right? Were you pumping out a bunch of stuff about what language do players think in? Uh, Mark Lazarus uh, apparently had written something in Chicago for The Athletic, and a fan asked Sean and I if we would write stories like this, and I responded, I already have. Yeah, like then, a decade ago. Yeah, a decade ago. And then my uh, editor at the, my former editor at the Morning News Send it out there and said, all you got to do is subscribe to the morning news and you can read this article. So, <laughs> yeah. He took an opportunity right then and there. Business model. Damn. <laughs> right. So, so what, run me through this. I, I'll be honest with you. I've never heard this one before, but it's a little, it almost seems like uh psycho babble. Um, it's, it's actually fascinating. So back go in the, ahead. Yeah, back in the day when we would just sit around and BS, I was talking to Stefan Robida about how do you think on the ice? He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, do you think in French? Do you think in English? And he starts thinking in his head. He says, you know, it's probably a little bit of both. And, uh, uh, you know, he said, when you are coached, you're coached in English. So then that goes into the English part of the brain. When you're talking on the bench or you're talking to your teammates, you're talking in English. So that goes in English in your brain. So then when you're on the ice and you're thinking, okay, I need to move the puck here. Okay, this guy is coming here. He said, I think in English. And and I said, well, okay, so what about in the middle of the game or something like that? He goes, if I'm with a partner who speaks French and I'm speaking French to them, then I'll start speak, uh, thinking in French. 
But for most of the games, I'm with somebody I have to speak English with, and that goes for you know Russian players, Finnish players. Uh, you all have to communicate in English. So Stefan said, I think in English. So I carried that over, and I started asking some of the players like Kari Letton, and what does he think? And Kari said he had a real problem when he first came to Atlanta because he thought and finished everything. And then he had to convert to English you know, in his head so that he could talk in English. So he would wow. actually be translating his own thoughts in his brain. What a like, hurdle, hey? You don't I even know. think of. Yeah, and so he was he was very interested. Um, I think uh, Essa was in the article as well, and he said the same thing. He goes, if he's with Finnish players, they talk and think in Finnish. But if he's with a, a you know, with John. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. But there are all these different nationalities on the team. What do you mean if he's with? Of, of like, course, if you're uh, hanging out with three other guys that speak Finnish all the time, when you're thinking in your head before you say something, you're going to be thinking in Finnish. But, it, again, if there's a Finnish player on the ice and he's communicating with him in Finnish, let's say it's Miro. Let's say it's, um, I don't know who else would have been here at the time, Yurki uh, Yokipaka. Uh, he would yell at him in Finnish on the ice. And so then he said, well, if I'm going to be yelling at somebody in Finnish, I'm going to think what I'm thinking in Finnish first. And, and you know, and then you have to go back and try and translate or switch over. And um, my, head, my head is tired just listening to this. Well, like I'm not a musician, but my kids are. And I just I'm fascinated at the fact that your left hand can be doing something completely different than your right hand. And you know how to control both of them at the same time. And it's to me, it's fascinating. Now people do it all the time. They're you know p- piano players everywhere, so they figure it out. But I'm just amazed at people who can even speak two or three languages. So you know to do it in a high pressure environment and then change it in your head, it's fascinating to me. Wow, for me, Dad. Huh? <laughs> well, you I, you speak like four different languages. No, I don't say speak. <laughs> I can say things in four different languages. You can I swear think, in like three. I think if most guys. Most guys from my era, anyway, if they were being honest, they would say vulgarity and profanity are the two languages that they think in, well, in their Steve heads. Ott, Steve Ott, before he went to World Juniors, yes, yes. He, he would learn, like, to insult people's mother and just, you know, and he would go research and see what uh, what a, a key issue was for a player so then he could speak to them yeah, in their native language. Doing your homework. <laughs> Indeed, he would work at it. That is doing your homework. That that is an it's an interesting thing though because I I would suspect it's the same in basketball, right? With all those nationalities as well. I would, yeah, yeah. That they would because there there's a more. I want that'd be a nice comparison. The the amount of audible communication that goes on in basketball versus in hockey on the court, on the ice? I think on both ends, a lot of it, when you're playing defense, you talk a lot more. Uh, and so I think that... And, and yeah, I know, you're talking about switches and this and that, and you get back to the bench, but, uh, you know, I, look, my understanding is everyone needs to be able to communicate in English in these sports. Yeah, you, know, you just have to. Yeah. Um, and there, there have been rules put in place in the past where... You can only speak English in the dressing room. Um, it's like I, the movie Rounders. You know, you're sitting at the table and the two Russians are talking to one another. They say, hey, English only at the table. <laughs> I don't know what you two clowns are talking about over there. Now, when you it's, played in Finland, did you have to try and communicate in English? Did they know any English? 
Oh no, they, they yeah, they could they could speak enough English. I mean, they could say whatever they wanted about me and finish. That I didn't know what the hell they were saying. Um, and it was funny because he'd, he'd sit in the meetings with the coach, and I mean, I'm thinking, I believe me, I'm thinking in English, and I'm thinking about all kinds of other things. I can't follow what this guy is talking about up there, and he's you know he's talking, he's making all these gestures and everything, and then finally he'd, he'd yell out, and Danny, because they couldn't say Daryl, so they called me Danny. So they go, and Danny, need very strong to you tonight. And it was like, what? That's a strong motivational speech right there. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> well, you need me to be good tonight. Okay, sounds good. And the guy, you know, you, the guys would kind of laugh and that, and then I would talk with uh, with Kai Sukanen or one of the guys that had played over in North America, and he, he'd explain a little bit of what he was saying. And and even when they were explaining to me in English kind of the gist of what the meeting was about, it would always come across more harsh than what it actually was. Like it was all, I remember we we were going to play like, uh, I think, TPS down in, in Helsinki, and they were, you know, perennially, perennially – that's a nice word for me to spit out. Perennially, you know, championship caliber team, and they were a good team again. And the way they explained it and everything was that we have no hope of winning this game. <laughs> you know, the way the way it would come across in translation was they are so good, they're strong. Um, you know, this is in you know the way Finns would talk. It was this is going to be very difficult. You know, it was almost like, you know, we are not going to win, but if you play very well, we can hang in, make it close type thing. And it was just like, Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Here we go. <laughs> and then off we go. But I never thought in, in uh finish at all. So we got in the bar and then I'd have a couple of uh, Oluta and then I try to speak Finnish along, and they would try to speak English. And it was just a, Man, you talk about a jambalaya mess of of uh, words and uh, pronouns and consonants and everything that was adverbs that were not supposed to be in the that spot or nouns that were becoming verbs. It was fun. It was confusing. You were stretching your brain muscle. Yeah, I did that. Yes, <laughs> there's no question about that. I did that. So, uh, hey, how about the Halak news? Uh, Very interesting. So their guy, uh, you know, very much like the Stars, they have just a magnificent tandem in that in Boston with the Bruins, uh, with Tuka Rask, another Finn, and uh, Yaroslav Halak. And, you know, even back up, their, their numbers don't really deviate no matter who's in there. Obviously, Rask is their number one guy and plays the most. But Halak, in the middle of a t- pandemic, just up and re-signs with, them with the Bruins uh, for another year, which I think is a real smart deal. But it, it, it brings up the topic of, of Anton Hudobin and the likelihood that uh, he could possibly follow suit with the Stars because he's uh, coming to the end of, of his contract with Dallas and obviously he's going to be a, a desirable uh, target for some teams out there, including the Stars, I would think, at the right yeah. number. Yeah, I, I think this is a great uh, precedent, like a legal precedent uh, for the stars saying, okay, we'll give you the same contract. And then that, in my opinion, I think it'd be an incredible investment for Dallas that they could get a one-year deal out of Anton. I think it's 2.5 with a million bonus 
So pretty much he's going to make 3.5 next season. Which is about what he makes now, right? Uh, Halak or, or Anton? Anton. Anton makes 2.5, I think, but no bonuses. Okay. So this would kind of give him a, a million dollars to stick around. The biggest problem, I think, with Anton is he wants to just go out and yeah. see what somebody will get. I know. Yeah, I know, but that – and that might still be true, but this this has all changed. Yeah. And who knows what free agent money's going to look like uh, and what opportunities and just all kinds of things. So yeah, I agree. There are a lot of balls in the air. But well, I, just, the- I found that I found that to be to be uh, interesting because there's there's a pretty easy uh, comparable there yeah. I, I would think between the two of them. Yeah, it's so. just like whenever you're you know you're looking at a Tyler Sagan or a Jamie Benn and and somebody comes in at a at a good number or a reasonable contract that you think is reasonable uh, that definitely you know brightens the eyes of your organization. Yeah, because uh, I know they'd love to have him back in another. Oh yes. Video. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Then, it, I mean, it allows Ottinger to get uh, a full year of American Hockey League uh, action in again, and hopefully some playoff time. I, you know, and and uh, you don't have to go out and find some kind of a gap, stop gap. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just look. We, we, they're just we so just, good. I mean, they're they're first or second in the league in goaltending. Yeah. Mean, why would you want to break that up? Yeah. Well, the Islanders did. Remember, they were rocking yeah. along, <laughs> and they switched it up. That doesn't work very well for them. What were they on? They were on a skid heading into this thing, too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what else you got this week? I don't. I mean, I am. I can't believe I came up with this many topics. You did a wonderful job. Yeah. Uh, um, I had a Zoom call with my family, which I thought was interesting because we've never done that before, and there's a lot of people there in five different states. And uh, went on for like an hour and a half, and it was pretty fun. I think it got tiring at the end. But uh, do you think you guys will do stuff like that, or or is this something that people will start doing in the future on a regular basis, almost like little family reunions? Totes, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how to field this one. Um, Yeah, definitely it's something I've been doing uh, almost every day at some point in some capacity, whether it's FaceTime or Zoom throughout this. And I can't imagine being in the same quarantine type position before this technology existed because it's so vital right now. Uh, definitely a big fan of Zoom for both work stuff and then just for catching up with friends and chatting with people. Been making heavy use of it, no doubt. Why is it so much better when you see someone's face? Well, that's just, the problem with masks too, right? Is yeah. that you, you can't, I mean, you can look in their eyes, but without seeing expressions and that, man, it's a, that, that's a different animal altogether. And zoom, like even this, I mean, this would be so much better if we could see one another while we're doing this. Yes. Definitely. Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're putting this together magnificently without it, uh, just because of our talent. Uh, the actual zoom idea, other than professional things I've been asked to do. I haven't really, I haven't jumped on Zoom to just <laughs> chat with people. If I mean, if, if I want to do that, it'll be just individually on FaceTime. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I have, my girls are here. They eat up so much bandwidth in this household anyway. I don't <laughs> even know if I could get anybody to come in. So, uh, hey, uh, I'm, I'm pretty okay isolated. 
isolating and uh, being on my own. And then, you know, you contact some people here and there and text and the odd phone call. Well, I'm getting by. I'm making That's it happen. I don't, I don't need a virtual family reunion and a slideshow. <laughs> You get that. That would be great if you could you could put together a slideshow of your view, of your virtual uh, holiday this summer, and uh, or vacation, and and come back and uh, and put that up for people to not see. Essentially, that's Facebook, <laughs> is it not? Indeed, my yeah. my sister had uh, a background. She's good on computers, so she took a bunch of uh, slides from when we were kids and had it running behind her doing during the Zoom call. So. Well, oh my God! It was like they got into this. They thought yeah. It was, was there some ever. was there soft piano music and stuff too? Or <laughs> I, I could have tried to provide that, but no, I, I opted yeah. out. No, I, like like Totsi said, it, it, thank God for the technology to be able to connect in some way. Otherwise, like still now, I I head out for a little walk and listen to a podcast or whatever. Usually ours. Which have lost not a lot, not lost any uh, of its listenership during the pandemic. You guys understand that the numbers I didn't have come in. Up. Yeah, uh, it's increasing, right? With that, <laughs> the curve has not been flattened. <laughs> it, it is not. It is not with this. Um, <laughs> the a lot of podcasts have seen their numbers fall off just because people aren't in their cars as much in listening, long drives, in traffic, and what have you. But ours have stayed steady. We've remained in the teens as far as listenership <laughs> is concerned, and that's where we were prior to the pandemic. That is so impressive. way to go, you guys. We're friggin' nailing it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what, one final thing, and I don't know why this came up. Maybe it's because our, our good friend Craig Button keeps doing, man, I think – Every second thing in my feed on Twitter is a Craig Button entry on uh, all-time teams. He's doing it on TSN's platform, uh, and he's going franchise by franchise and trying to put together all these teams. And, you know, and obviously the original six teams are a little tougher than, than most. Uh, and he got to the, the Leafs part, and he had Daryl Sittler, and there was, you know, there was a lot of Daryl Sittler love. My given name is Daryl. You guys aware of that, right? I've been told that. Yes, aware. I here, here's a proclamation. Now this this is going to uh, sound a little narcissistic, uh, but it's really not. I think I'm one of the greatest, most impactful, and significant Daryls in NHL history. Go ahead, prove me wrong. But I, I, I believe that statement to be true. Why is it one R? Is that just a, a family no, I spelling? I, I know. I don't slur. <laughs> Daryl. Daryl. That is funny. Daryl. Two R's does sound like you're at a bar talking it's like, to a guy. <laughs> it's, it's like some kid's name is David. It's not two V's in David. David. <laughs> you hammered drunk. Thank you to Mayo. <laughs> There, uh, there are names some Daryls. All right, here's the most impactful Daryl I know. Oh, but it's me. Darryl, it better be me. Daryl Cates. He kind of built a oh, big arena oh my there God. in Edmonton. He's a hockey guy, right? How many R's? One. Bam. The greatest Daryls are one. 
Okay, Daryl Evans, uh, he dresses nicer than you. And he... He scored scored one goal for the LA Kings. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But it was a big one. uh, You can go back to that. He's a good dude. He's done a great job for a long time on radio out there with the Kings. He does wear some of the most insane suits. He's a... He's the Craig Sager of uh, of uh, color guys on radio. They have statues out in front of Staples Center. Does he get one before Daryl Ray gets one at American Airlines? <laughs> I'll never get one, so I'll say yes. <laughs> okay, so Daryl Daryl Sittler, Daryl Evans, Daryl Evans. Uh, I don't like your Daryl Cates thing. Okay, he made his about- money in in pharmaceuticals. He did buy a hockey team and build a pretty big arena. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but come on. I'm talking about I'm talking about a hockey, hockey. Uh, personnel. Daryl Watts. Who? <laughs> she won the Patty Casmer Award in 2018. She's what? one of the great women hockey players in college hockey. I looked it up. I used the internet. I Google nated. What's wrong with you? And then Daryl <laughs> Boyle. What? BC boy and went on to play in Germany. You have <laughs> the Daryl hockey with one R. You have that on your list. I do. What about Daryl Sutter? I thought that was two. Well, it is. He's still a Daryl. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, if we're going in that range, I was going with the one R. Oh, my God, Mike. I thought it was Mike. special. I thought you were special and different. No, 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 just the name Daryl. Okay, yeah, Daryl Sutter. I think you got to put him in there. Daryl Sutter, Daryl Sittler, Daryl Evans. Yep. What was the other one? Uh, Daryl Ray. No, 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 there was one other one. R-E-A-U-G-H. Daryl Cates you wanted in there. That doesn't count. Okay. Uh, You know, when the first article I wrote on Daryl Ray, I spelled your name D-A-R-R-Y-L-R-A-Y. Well, we, we didn't have the Google back then. This was what ninety six. You ever think of like asking? I should have. They didn't send out an email or anything. They just told me this is a new guy. Give him a call. It's one of the first rules of this. It is. I, I screwed up. I was sloppy. You could have went to the library and went searched on fish to see how it was actually spelled. That would have been nice. Getting the Encyclopedia Britannica, see if Daryl Ray was in there. But you have you have not proved me wrong. No, no, you are <laughs> one of the greats. In fact, in so many different areas, not no, just hockey. No, no, no. Now you're patronizing me. <laughs> the uh, I think if you if you went to other sports, you'd find more significant Daryls, right? Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Dawkins. There you go. Chocolate Thunder. Chocolate Thunder. I think I think there's been Daryls in NASCAR. But not a oh lot. Oh, my God, a few Daryls in NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What does that mean? Uh, it's just a southern name down here. It's a southern name given to a northern Canadian of You're Welsh, rare one, Irish, and Cherokee blood. Uh I can see the Cherokee in there now. Yeah. I start looking at some of these pictures of you. Yeah, I'm wild. But there you go. Greatest. I don't know if I'm the greatest, but I'm one of the greatest. Daryl's in hockey history. 
on, the Mount, on the Mount Rushmore of hockey Daryls. Yeah. You can only have four. I think you're one of the top four. How many times do you think I've had to live through the when I state my given name, Daryl, and my other brother, Daryl, from the Newhart show? It was a good bit. Oh, my God. Try living that for your entirety. Oh, Daryl, my other brother, Daryl. <laughs> you you're, you're window-licking moron. Huh? You're a patient man. You can deal with people like that. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> what do you think of the name Daryl Totsi? It's, uh, it's a strong name. I like it. How do you I end like up the, with? I like the one-R theory. Yeah, it's much better. And the EL stuff is ridiculous. It's always a Y. The yeah. uh, uh, how'd you end up with the Jeff? Are you were you a Jeffrey? I'm a William Jeffrey actually. Uh, oh, but always I guess always going to be a Jeff. And Bill then Jeff. Everyone just calls me Totes anyway. So <laughs> any, any of all any you know, of those you three could, work. We could shorten it down to BJ. You know. Yeah, yeah, or Willie J um, would be yeah. better probably. I don't yeah. know. A lot yeah. of good, a lot of fun ways you could take it. Yeah. yeah. William Jefferson Totes. There are a lot of Jeffs in. There are a lot of Jeffs in hockey. There are yeah. a lot of Mikes in hockey. Oh my God, so many Mikes. There's yeah. a lot of Mikes in the world. Yeah, I, now, some would say said, too many Mikes. That being said, I believe the uh, the closest uh, angel to G there to uh, God, the right hand of God, Michael Angel. That's how it was told to me when I was a kid. All right. Well, with that, <laughs> we'll wrap up another week at Rinky Dinkin. Uh, I think we've proved once again this week that life isn't as serious as the mind makes it out to be. <laughs> I we, need that right now. As we continue with our frivolity. Uh, I don't know if anybody's still with us, our uh, voyage on Rinky Dinking, but we appreciate all of you in the tens. And, uh, and Tosi, uh, keep it real out there. You know, uh, always. I told-